0: We've been walking through Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, his first one, uh, for a few months now. And today we're going to wrap up our time here in 1 Corinthians. Throughout this letter, Paul has been passionate about the gospel. As he said in the first chapter, in chapter 1, verse 18, "...for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God." He continues to say that we preach Christ crucified, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And this is what we need most right now. We need the hope of the gospel. We need it declared from every neighborhood to every shoreline in this world. Through the coronavirus, God is pointing, I believe, to a hard reality, not one we can imagine filled necessarily with the American dream or whatever, whatever we want to make it. No, he is showing us what is real and most important. We need the gospel. We need Jesus. And so in Paul's parting words, he exhorts the church to have a courageous love for the glory of Jesus as we cling to the hope of the gospel. So let's look at how he closes today. Paul, in this last chapter here in chapter 16, deals with church business, you might say. He deals with money and giving. He deals with opportunities of of ministry, and he deals with people. He deals with the community. And as he does, he encourages them. He challenges them uh, with these two specific verses that I want us to look at this morning. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14, Paul says this. He says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Paul's call to the church is to be vigilant, to be those who are watchful, to be courageous men and women of faith, no matter where the Lord has placed them on the spiritual line of battle. And so this morning, if we could look at these two verses, uh, really in in four parts. Uh, The first uh, section we're going to look at is the first few words where it says, Be on the alert. He calls them first to stay alert or to be watchful, to give strict attention to something. I think Paul has two things in mind here. I think the first thing he wants us to do is to be watchful of danger. Uh, Specifically in mind here, Paul, I think, has to be watchful of the devil's activity. Uh, We must remember that Satan is real. Uh, Paul Paul calls him the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4.4. And really, when you think about the enemy, he's on a leash. Uh, The leash is in in God's hand. And and, and here we have uh, the enemy. He's he's a liar. Uh, Jesus calls him a murderer as well in in John's gospel. Uh, And Peter tells us that we are to be of sober mind, to to be on the alert. Because your adversary, the devil, he, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour and so when we think of the enemy's purpose, even through the times that we're in, his, his purpose is to devour us. His purpose, as Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, it can come in many different ways. It can come through subtle thoughts, uh, thoughts of the flesh, uh, temptations um, we might be tempted with during this time, maybe because we have more time on our hand, or maybe because we're on technology, maybe more or whatever it may look like and during this time temptations can come and so i want to encourage you to to remember to be watchful to be watchful of the danger that's before us uh, the enemy he might try to lead us into immorality to pornography Uh, maybe at times we feel like we're at the end of our our rope and and things may be getting to a point where we want to turn to something else uh, to Uh, get us through this time. Maybe alcohol or maybe substance uh, abuse. And this is exactly what the enemy wants. Uh, He wants to devour us. He wants to grab our attention, to distract us from what God wants. And so the pressures will come, and at times with a lot of force, to knock us off balance, to tempt us, to throw in the towel, to uh, maybe give up on our faith during this time. Uh, Maybe even try to destroy relationships. I mean, that's what The enemy would love to do that, uh, to destroy marriages, to destroy sibling relationships during this time. And especially as we're spending more time together, uh, he'd love to come in and to devour those relationships. And so we must be watchful. We must be on guard. Uh, Paul also wants us to be watchful of false teaching, uh, false doctrine. Uh, And that can come inside the church and also outside the church as well. In Acts 20, Paul said in 29 through 30, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things uh, and trying to draw away the disciples after them. In the church in Corinth, we've read, we've seen this through our time in our study, Uh, that most problems arose within the church, and this was due to pagan influences. And so remember the church at Corinth, they struggled greatly with immorality, with idolatry, uh, with testing the Lord and and being disobedient. Uh, They truly were a church that had gone wild. And so Paul is encouraging them in, in these final words to be watchful. Uh, to be on guard. And Paul tells the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 6.18, with all prayer and petitions, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And so watch over your soul. And Paul says uh, the way that we do that is through prayer. It's through prayer to, to pray for our own soul, but also to be mindful to pray for others, to pray for the church during this time, to pray for your family. Um, that uh, God would watch over their soul, that they would be mindful as well of the danger that we're in. One of the things I thought of too is we find ourselves today as we're, we're watching church online, even, even today as, as we're doing now there in your home, uh, maybe some of us are, are venturing online and, and watching different things in, in different churches. And, and that's good. That, that, that maybe can encourage us during this time. But we also must be mindful uh, of false teaching that's out there as well. Um, and be on guard against that as well. So so be aware of that during this time. So there is danger out there. And Paul says, hey, be watchful. Uh, Be on guard because your enemy prowls around. There's false teaching, um, and he wants to get you off track. Now, the second thing, and I think Paul definitely had this in mind here, is he says, be on the alert or be watchful, is he wants us to be on the alert. He wants us to be reminded and to be watchful that Jesus is coming, that, that he is going to return. And so we saw this last week in 1 Corinthians 15, as he says, Christ is going to return. And when he does, in the, in the twinkling of an eye and literally uh, in the instantaneously, instantaneously, we will be changed just in a moment when Jesus Christ... Returns And so Paul wants us to be mindful of that. If you remember, after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to many uh, here on earth over a period of 40 days. And then Luke tells us in Acts 1, 9 through 11, what happens next as he's with his disciples. After he said these things to them, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. This is the ascension. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, And they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? And so this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven, speaking of his return. And so this virus is most certainly, I I believe, a a wake-up call to be ready, to be watchful for Jesus' coming. Jesus spoke of pointers to His coming throughout His time here on earth. And in Matthew 24, to His disciples, He says in verse 7 through 8, "...for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom." And so speaking of of wars that will be taking place, and in various places there will be famines, there will be earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs, Jesus says. And so just as earthquakes and disasters, natural disasters, I believe viruses too, like this, this pandemic, are are pointers to Jesus' coming. Uh, Jesus says in light of these things in Matthew 24, 42, Therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. And then in verse 44, that same chapter, he says, For this reason you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think He will. We must be on the alert. Be ready because Jesus' last word to the church is simply this. Yes, I am coming quickly. In Revelation 22, 20. And so church, let's be on the alert. Let's be watchful. Uh, Guard your souls during this time. Uh, Through prayer and through time in the Word, which we're going to see in just a bit. uh, Be watchful. Take, Take care of your soul. And be ready for Jesus' coming because he is going to return and he could come at any moment. And the question is, are we ready? And then Paul tells the church to stand firm in the faith. Uh, Paul calls the church here to persevere, to persist persist in faith, to endure in faith. This is not some leap in the dark, um, but faith. This faith that Paul is talking about has a solid foundation. And so we're to stand firm in our faith in Jesus Christ, who is the solid rock. And you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, as we look at the hope of the gospel in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 3 through 4, uh, Paul talks about Jesus who, who, who came and who died, uh, who was buried and who rose again. And, and this is the, the solid rock. This is uh, our faith. It rests in the hope of the gospel. It rests in Jesus Christ, who is our solid rock. Rock. And so our faith, it, it sees and tastes what is really there. Again, it's not some just uh, leap in the dark. Um, that's why David said uh, back in Psalm 34 8, he, as he gives this invitation to the Israelites, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, he is real. Uh, he is good. And so we must trust in the Lord for he is what is real. He is what is lasting. As Psalm 33:11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. And we should not trust in our own thinking as Proverbs 28:28 says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But instead we, we must entrust that which is lasting. That that's which is real. And so it's interesting, you'll often hear in, in our day and in our world uh, to trust your heart, to go where your heart leads you. And, uh, you know, I think about that often. If I did that, I would be in a world of mess. Uh, how foolish that is. Uh, Proverbs 28:26 again, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Uh, we get in a world of trouble uh, when we do that. Uh, the Corinthians struggled with this. Uh, They went outside of of God's word. They trusted in man's wisdom uh, often. But instead, you and I are encouraged throughout God's word to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, Don't rest uh, in your own thinking, in your own wisdom, but continually rest and lean on that which is lasting, that which is steady, that which is real, and that is Jesus, that is our Lord. And so we stand firm in the faith by relying on God's Word as well. Um, as we think about God's Word, as we think about the Scriptures this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16-17, Paul told Timothy this. He said, all Scripture is inspired by God. Uh, it's literally God-breathed. It, it's, it's God's words to us. And and Paul tells Timothy, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And so we must stand firm on God's word. Psalm 119.89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It stands firm First Peter, chapter 1 Peter 1, 24-25, Peter says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall off. But the Word of God stands forever. Uh, church, let me encourage you, read your Bible. Be in the Word of God. Uh, meditate on it. Uh, literally, let, let your life during the season with, with maybe some extra time you have. And maybe some of you are thinking, wait, hold on, Jerry, I, I don't really have a lot of extra time. Remember, I'm, I'm homeschooling, and, and things are a little different, and so, so I understand that. Some may have some extra time, but, but, but let's make sure we're making the time, setting aside priority to be in the Word of God and to let our life literally marinate uh, on God's Word uh, because it is faithful, and it endures, and it stands forever. Uh, we also must stand firm in the faith because we've got to remember we're in the battle. We mentioned this a little bit with our first point this morning, but there was a spiritual battle going on for souls, uh, for my soul, for your soul. In Ephesians 6.13, Paul reminds us, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. I love that last phrase, that we've done everything to stand firm. I think we have to remember it's not just belief in God and, and, and read the Bible and, and everything's going to be okay. I mean, those things are vital. They're, they're important. But, but we can't just do those things and then just sit back and chill and be idle. Uh, we have to remember that we must do everything to stand firm. And so what I think that means for us is we've got to make sure that we're aligning our life with Jesus to remember as, as, as we're trusting Him, as we're seeking to stand firm, as, as we're praying, as we're in the Word of God, uh, I, I'm reminded that, that we're fixed on Jesus and, and we're longing for the glory of Christ, the character of Christ, um, to, to be literally what, what we are, that, that we live out is the character of Jesus Christ. In Second Corinthians 3.18, Paul says, We, with all uh, unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. And so our eyes are fixed on Christ. Our eyes are fixed on our Lord, His glory. And we must actively seek to um, obey Him and to turn from evil. Uh, for some of us, this pandemic that we're in has caused us to pause, uh, to maybe take inventory of our life and, and to look uh, at how we live and how we've been living. Um, we've realized our priorities may have been off. It's caused us to sit back and maybe reset priorities in our life that realign with, with Jesus Christ. And I, and I found it interesting this week as I was looking at God's Word um, This is exactly how Jesus said we are to respond to disasters, uh, viruses, uh, whatever it may be. As he said in Luke chapter 13, 1 through 5, he says, Now on the same occasion, Luke tells us, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Um, And then Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that the Galileans were greater sinners than all Galileans because they suffered this fate i tell you no but unless you repent you will all likewise perish or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in salome fell and killed them uh, that they were worse culprits than all the men who live in jerusalem i tell you no but unless you repent you will all likewise perish and so so jesus mentions these Things that happen to people, people die, they they lose their life. And so how do we respond? How do we respond to disasters? How do we respond to diseases? Well, Jesus, with one simple word, says, repent, repent. And what does repent mean? What does repentance mean? It it means to have a change of heart, to have a change of mind, uh, to to treasure God more than any other. Uh, Psalm 63 says, because... Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Um, May may God, may, may Christ truly be our treasure. May God realign our life during this time. Let us stand firm. Let us stand firm in the faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. For the same God that could stop the virus yet doesn't yet is the very sovereign one that sustains our souls in it, and through it. And so stand firm, persist, um, persevere, endure in your faith in Jesus Christ. He is our solid rock. And then the fourth thing I want us to see is here, Paul tells them to be strong, to be courageous. He says, act like men, be strong. Uh, When Paul says act like men, he's saying be mature, whether, whether men or women. Be mature in Christ. Be brave. Be courageous. And then he says, be strong. We're to increase in strength. It is as God told Joshua back in Joshua 1, 6 through 7, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the Lord which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you may go. Uh, church, let us be brave. Let us be strong and courageous during this time. Uh, and Paul encourages the church, let's, let's be mature. Let's be mature. Let's, let's not be like, like children in our, our thinking, uh, just as he said a few weeks ago. Uh, but instead, let us be mature. Let us be strong and courageous. And then lastly, in these two verses, in verse 14, He says, Uh, Let all that you do be done in love. This has been a big theme throughout Paul's letter. He he took the whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 to speak of this. And so above above all, love should motivate and mark the church. Love is the greatest power that we see in Scripture between God and man. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. And so we see this love uh, that God has. He he loves us first. He he pursued us with love. He pursued us with grace. And so love is the greatest power that we see between God and man. And not only that, love is the greatest uh, power between others as well. And so Paul told the Corinthians in uh, chapter 13, verse 13, but now faith, hope, love, uh, abide These three things. But the greatest of these is love, is love. And so we think about love. Love is also the greatest destructive power against the domain of darkness. Uh, John talked about this in John, uh, his first letter in chapter 3, 8. He says, the Son of God appeared for this very purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. And Jesus did this primarily when he laid down his life. As John, uh, 1 John 3.16 says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. Now, I believe nothing communicates the gospel, uh, the message of Jesus Christ, as clearly as love. As John 13.35 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. You see, when love is lacking... Um, It is the evidence of the influence of the devil himself. 1 John 3.10 says, By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Uh, Let me encourage you during this time, uh, this time where uh, we might be in our homes with family members, close to family members, may may, uh, our love for our family, may our love for um, our spouse, may our love for siblings, uh, parents, our our love for our children, um, and on and on and on. May may our love grow. May may it continue to grow. Uh, Paul tells us this is what love is in chapter 13, verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. Uh, One of the things that uh, has been heartbreaking during the season, I mean, we've seen um, thousands lose their life to this virus within our our borders and and worldwide, and that's heartbreaking. But one of the things that also uh, we've seen um, is also in in homes um, where uh, abuse is occurring and even uh, children dying uh, due to uh, abuse. Um, and so l- let us be mindful uh, of the love that is to um, characterize our life. Uh, love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecoming. It does not seek its own. It's not, uh, is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. And so let us pursue love right where we're at this morning. Um, at the beginning of this chapter, Paul encourages the church to show love. And here's how he does it here at verse 16. I found this very interesting. He, he does it, uh, encourages them to show love through giving through giving of their resources, through material giving, through financial giving. And so Paul arranged, we read in 1 Corinthians 16, also in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 as well, he he arranged for a collection to be taken among churches he had founded for those who who were poor believers in in Jerusalem. And and so Paul told the Corinthians of this need, and, and he gave them the opportunity to give willingly and so the money was not supposed to be given just uh, quite yet as we read in chapter 16 but Paul will write again about i believe a year later concerning the gift to the church in Jerusalem in fact he says in 2 Corinthians 8:24 therefore uh, openly before the churches show them the proof of your love this is how Paul saw giving he saw it as love he saw it as something that was very much loving. Um, in fact, if we look at the beginning of this chapter we're in today in chapter 16, one through four, Paul says, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, which would have been Sunday, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. And you can find more about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But Paul told the church to set aside some money as the Lord blesses you. Do this as part of your worship, he says. Here we see the time uh, of giving. Uh, It would have been weekly on the first day of the week, uh, which would have been Sunday. Uh, We see how often it was regularly, he tells them, to put aside this money each week. Uh, Who were to participate? The whole church. All of them were. Um, And it wasn't based uh, on what one had or, or didn't have. They were called to give based on what the Lord had blessed them with. And so as Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so Paul isn't coming here pressing the church or, or pressuring them. And remember, this is in the spirit of love. This is what giving is to Paul. And so too many, I believe today, and it was probably in Paul's day as well, are trying to compete with their neighbors, right? Um, but instead, uh, rather than that, what, what does the gospel say? What does the gospel communicate to us? What, what is Paul saying to the church? Instead, we're to help others with the resources that we've been blessed with, those who are in need. Um, and especially this, during this time, um, as, as people uh, are going through some tough times, maybe with, with losing work, uh, maybe financially going through a hard time, we must be mindful of that. Um, and I think be encouraged during this time, as we can, as we can, as the Lord blesses us to pray and to think through, according to the Lord's will, how shall I give? How shall I set aside uh, finances, um, money uh, to help others? And so let the Lord during this season open our eyes. Let, it, let him open our eyes to needs around us. And may we give as Jesus did. Second Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus is our model. He's our model for love. He's our model for giving. And he gave all that he had. Um, and so how do you give to other believers during this time? How do you give to help the church as, as Paul's directing uh, the church in Corinth to do? How can we do that? I, I think a few ways through time, through, through money, as we mentioned. Um, hospitality, that may be a, a little tough during this time, uh, physical help as well. And so, and so how can we do that even during the time that we're in? It might be through writing letters. It might be taking uh, a run to the grocery store for someone, picking up some prescriptions, taking someone to maybe um, a doctor's appointment who may need that. Um, that there, there could be many different ways. Let me encourage you uh, th- this week, uh, surprise someone this week. Uh, with a unique offer of help. Um, let's look at the model of Christ, and, and let's be as He has directed us um, to, to be loving, to be giving. Uh, Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men in, in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Second Corinthians 12, 15, I, I love Paul's heart. He says, I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls, and you see that's the heartbeat of one who truly loves people, one who truly um, is is a giver, a giver, a cheerful giver, and that's what Paul was. He was willing to expend his his own life for the souls of others. Now, ultimately, during this time, um, we we love others through the gospel. That's where we begin today. Uh, That's what Paul was most passionate about, is telling others about Jesus Christ. That's the most loving thing that you could do during this season, is to let others know about the hope that you have and to point them to Jesus. Uh, Paul wraps up this letter, and I I would like for us to to wrap up uh, there this morning as well. In verse 23, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. What is grace? Uh, God's grace—it um, is God's undeserved love, His undeserved kindness, His mercy toward us. We do not deserve it; we cannot earn it, but He freely gives it to us. And, and so, Paul, in, in this uh, blessing, that this closing word to the church. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As you're watching today, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never come face to face with the grace of God in Jesus Christ, may you know today that God loves you. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to lay down his life for you so that you could have life. Would you believe and trust in Him today? Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a free gift. Would you receive that gift today? If you've never done that before, will you trust in Jesus? And church family, may we continue to walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May He continue to be with you and walk with you through this season. And so as Paul wraps up, Uh, He also says in verse 24, my love be with you all in Christ Jesus. And so may that be so today. Church, love you, care for you, praying for you. Uh, May may Christ be with you during the season. Uh, Let's pray as we close today. Father, um, as we close today, um, as we wrap up this letter here in 1 Corinthians, um, Lord, what a... An encouraging letter a challenging letter um, for our lives to to be marked by the gospel Lord uh, to the world that the gospel is, is foolish but to those who are in Christ it is the power of God and God that's what we need now and so may we as the church continue to walk in the gospel and Lord during this season we pray for the sick we ask God Uh, to turn back this pandemic, to provide a cure. And through this season, may your church show courageous love as, as we stand firm in our faith, as we're watchful over our souls, as we pray for the souls of others, and Lord, as we look for Christ's return. May we be mature in our faith, May we be brave, and may we show love to others in all that we do. And this is all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.